the weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Psalm, chapter 119. Lord's help, I want to talk about harditude. Now, before any of you English majors get on me, I know that's not a word. I made it up. But our heart has an attitude. Do you know that? And it's been, I, I, don't, I don't know who, who's the origin of this saying, but it's said that one of the best things we can do in life is to keep the main thing the main thing. Or rather, I actually, actually think it says the main thing in life is to keep the main thing the main thing. And sometimes in, in our walk with the Lord, it's easy to get confused about what the main thing is. Amen? If you're not careful, you'll, you'll end off on some rabbit trail somewhere and you'll fall into religious duty. I visited somebody this week, and um, and they were a believer, and they were going through a, a tough time in their life, and I really felt prompted of the Holy Spirit to to share with them. And, and this individual's probably 55 years old, and and they said, I'm just just trying to find out what the Lord wants me to do with my life. And I said, you know, I, I, for the longest time I had the same struggle. I... I thought I, I, I didn't know what God wanted me to do with my life. And I come to find out that he isn't about what we do. I said, before he wanted me to do something, he wanted me to be a son. And if we don't get that right, everything else is wrong. And somehow we got this idea that... that that he needs us to do something. He wants to use us. Don't misunderstand me, but let's remember, he, he flung universes off his tongue. Okay? If he wants something done, he can get it done. What he wants is for us to be sons and daughters. And so I shared that with the individual, and they said, I agree, I agree, Pastor, and I, I, I agree, and, but I, I, just, I just need to... Do, find his will for what he wants me to do and I said well he what he wants you to do and it took a little while for it to click that what he wants is not employees he wants sons and daughters this is a heart thing and I, I would suggest to you that every spiritual attack that any of us are under right now it's an attack on our heart We're told to guard our heart, to protect it, to, to shield it. Because that's where the attack is going to come. Psalm 119, verse 112. I'm talking to you for a few minutes this morning about harditude. He says here, I have inclined mine heart to perform thy statutes always even unto the end. If you'd be kind enough to stretch your hands this way and pray with me and for me this morning. Father, we need you this morning. I need you this morning, Father. 
It has been one of those mornings, and I just feel pulled in so many different directions, God. And I know for me to share what I believe you've given me, I need to have clarity of thought and, and liberty of spirit. And so, Father, I just pray for that right now. Holy Spirit, I know that you're the real teacher. You're the real preacher here. So I ask you to do what you do so well. That is to reveal truth to us. I ask you to break through every barrier, break through every wall in our heart. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. We, we sometimes get the impression in the culture that we live in that, that we need to, that we are somehow captive by our heart. That follow your heart. I've heard people excuse immoral behavior by saying, I, I couldn't help it, I just fell in love with them. Their heart will become full of anger and they'll, in a moment, in a moment, they'll allow that heart to direct the affairs of their life and, and ruin their life by a word said in action. Our prisons are filled with people that normally would not have done what they did, but in that moment, their, their heart failed them. You ever, your heart ever fail you? Your heart ever gets you to a place where you think, well, how, did, how did I get here? And, and, and if we're not careful because of the culture we live in, we think, we're, we're made to think, encouraged to think that, that we just need to follow our heart. And, and we're, we're, we're stuck. Wherever our heart wants to go, that's where we're going to go. And I want to tell you something, that the heart is extremely important, but, but the heart is supposed to be subject to us not a subject to our heart. Because the heart, the Bible says, is, is deceitfully wicked. It means that it is incredible the horrible things the heart can do and devise. The heart has a capacity for great good. It also has a capacity for great bad. And it's deceitful and it's wicked and you need to you need to know that this dog can bite you at any moment. My wife and I are sensitive. We get around sometimes with people and their dog and they say, oh, don't worry, he doesn't bite. You know what? You never know what a dog's going to do. It could maybe met 200 people and not bit one of them, but it'll turn around and bite you. We, we had a children's pastor, one place where we pastored in and he was traumatized because he got bit by a dog. And so he's telling me about it. And I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm compassionate. And I said, what kind of dog was it, man? And he said, it was a basset hound. I said, a basset hound? He goes, yeah. I said, how did it bite you? He said, I saw it coming. And I turned and ran. I said, dude, his legs are that big. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm stuck there. 
It, it, I've seen basset hounds. Their legs are like that long. You really weren't running very hard. I mean, three steps, and it take the basset hound 10 minutes to cover that ground. But you never know with a dog. You just never know. It can, you can be petting it, and, and everything can be just fine, and all of a sudden, where did that come from? Yesterday out in, in the front of the house, we got chickens, and we had a mama chicken that's running around with two baby chicks right now. And, and you know, she's always been very docile. She, she, we, we raised her from an incubator, and she was so docile when we'd go to the chicken coop, she'd run up to the door of the chicken coop so I could scratch her chest. She liked having her chest scratched. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she just jumped at Gail Bass. We have chicken soup now. <laughs> I was tempted. You never know. And let, let me tell you something. You never know what your heart's going to do. When the, when the Word of God not only tells you to guard your heart, it's telling you to guard it from the attacks, but also to put a leash on it. Guard it, because it can go some bad places. I've been one of those mornings that just been kind of scattered. It just seemed like I'm frustrated every time I turned, and then... I started for, for church, and I got behind this lady. And it's 50 miles an hour from Aurora to the city street limits in, in Streetsboro, and 27 miles an hour. And it's double yellow line the whole way. You, you can't pass. And what made it a challenge is she was a little old lady about this big. And she could barely see over the steering wheel, and she had her little Sunday go-to-meeting hat on, and she was driving. There was one person passed on the double line in the intersection because they just were frustrated, and I'm running late, and there she is. And I went from wanting to bump her to laughing. God's got a sense of humor because how can you get mad? A little old lady driving along on Sunday morning. 50 miles an hour doesn't matter, it's 27. And so that's, that's your heart. Your heart is... And yet the writer here is, is talking about how we can affect our heart attitude. He said, you know what I've done? He said, I've inclined my heart. I told my heart, this is where you're going. I'm not a slave to my heart. I'm telling my heart. This is where we're going. This is the change we're going to have. I, I, I wrestled trying to find any place where we're instructed to change our heart in Scripture. And I, I, a, short, a short look, I couldn't find any. I found a couple of places where people are asking God to change their heart. So this author is saying, here's how I'm going to bring about change in my heart. I'm going to incline it towards you, God. I'm going to make it do what I'm telling it to do. Because that my flesh is, 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 is always resistant to spiritual things. We, we have to treat our heart like a, a disobedient dog sometimes. 
and, and make it. It's been my prayer for a while now in mornings to, God, I want to be intentional about leaning into you. Not, not to lean to my own understanding, but lean into you. And I want to know your heart on a matter, not mine. My heart might be right 80% of the time, but I, what about the people that were affected by the 20%? Amen? Amen? His heart is right all the time. And so the author is telling us that one of the ways we can affect our heart attitude is to incline unto the Lord, to lean into Him. We, 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 we've said in the church for a long time that we need to give our heart to the Lord. And I want to tell you that's important because the reality, that's the main thing with Him, is our heart. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. Man looks on all the outward. God looks at the heart. And we see one extravagant in worship, and we say, my, how they love God. And they may. But God says they worship me with their lips, but their heart. It's far from me. Isn't it unique, the, the language that Jesus used when he said that? He's speaking about location. He said their heart is far. This writer has said, I'm, I'm bringing my heart near. I'm inclining it to the Lord. Hypocrisy, your heart is far. And, and we think it's about what we do and what we say. And, and God said, it's not about that. It's about, is your heart... had somebody just uh, a week ago send me an email that the tag in it was, Pastor, I apologize. Then they went on to explain. They said, every time I hear you say that the heart is deceitfully wicked, I, I was offended. I had their permission to share this story. I was offended. You kept saying the heart was deceitful and wicked and I've been working on my heart for all these years and I was offended. Times I almost got up and just left. I was offended. And then he was speaking of a particular service. He said, but in this service, I get it now. I get it. I get what you're saying. I get when, 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 I, when I look at my heart compared to who I used to be, there's improvement. And if you're a believer, there should be. But when I incline my heart to his, I'm aghast at how far I have to go. I this morning am glad my, my heart is, man, I think about there where I used to be. I'm glad my heart has come this far. But then when I, when I hold it next to his, David, it's like, wow. I'm not even close. So I need to incline my heart to that. I need to incline that. I, I don't want to keep it far from him. I, 
There are, there are some who will keep it from him because they don't like what's in it. But you don't understand. You don't clean up your heart so that you can give him a clean heart. You give him your old, ugly, nasty heart so he can fix it. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit in me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation and renew a right spirit in me. When you, when you look at where you were, you ought, to feel there are, you ought to see progress. But when you look at his heart, you say, I've got a long ways to go. God, create in me a clean heart. And you incline your heart to him. You have to make your heart do what it doesn't want to do. You have to make it worship when it doesn't want to worship. I think worship ought to be emotional, but I'm concerned if that's all it is, is emotional. It ought to be a giving of our heart to him. There ought to be some awe and some, 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 some exchange, some realization that, that we need him to do a work in our heart. And incline our heart to him, make our heart when your dog, sometimes our dog just, you know, he just wants to be there where we are and we're fine with it, but he picks the dumbest spots to walk or the dumbest spots to lay down. And what do you do? You say, bingo, get out of there. This tiny little kitchen, there's two of us in there and the, get out. And you know, you got to do that to your heart sometimes. All of a sudden, you realize where your heart is at, and you go, hey, get away from that. That's a stupid place to be. Get out of there. Quit thinking about that. You should be thinking about this. Incline your heart to the Lord. You change only the behavior, it won't last. Our hearts have to change. We in the church have spent so much time and effort trying to get people to change their behavior. And then a year later, they're back to where they were because all we did was teach them how to not behave bad and we never taught them how not to be bad. Come on, church. Now, I think you ought to have a change of heart as well as a change of behavior. Second thing that he said, Psalm 119, verse 113. He said, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. I hate. Isn't that a harsh word? I hate vain thoughts. I hate them. Almost seems odd to hear a preacher say that, I hate. Can I tell you that we, we, we've become too cuddled with sin. We, we don't hate sin anymore. And you'll never change your behavior until you hate your sin. We hate sinners, we don't hate sin. There are some in the church that hate that person because of what they're doing. 
I hate what, that, what they're doing has done to that person. There's a difference. I'm not trying to victimize anybody, but there is a deceiver who goes around deceiving, and he's deceived them. And if I've never been deceived, I guess I can point fingers. But I've been deceived. Amen? I've fallen for that. I've been tricked before. We're the only army that gets mad at the guy in our foxhole that got shot. Okay, maybe he shouldn't have stuck his head up, but he's in our foxhole. Amen? He said, I, I, I hate vain thoughts. If we don't start hating what God hates, we'll never change our heart. Scripture says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Double-minded. You can't laugh at sin and hate it. You can't listen to jokes about sin. You can't glorify sin and hate it. We need to hate it. We need to hate what it's doing to somebody and not hate them. We need to hate that they've been deceived. We need to hate that we've been deceived. We need to hate those things that God hates. Too, too often, we, we like what it does for us, but we don't like what it does to us. Let me bring it down to earth. I like what milkshakes do for me. I don't like what they do to me. We need to hate what it does for us because what it does for us is really what it's doing to us. And until we hate it more than we enjoy what it's doing for us, we'll never change. If you like the high more than you hate the after effects, you'll never get free. If you like what that affair is doing for you, you will never hate what it's doing to you and doing to others. And when you saw the picture for real, you wouldn't like what it was doing for you. You would know that sin always has a pleasure attached for a season. But that season passes and things have changed. We got to be careful how we treat people and how we talk about people. Because listen to me, you will never treat somebody better than you talk about them. 
Because what you're saying out of your mouth about them, it's what's really in your heart. A number of years ago, I, I had waited so long. I was, I was 19 years old, and I had waited so long to hear this one individual say something nice about me. And that day finally came. And it was so empty. Because I knew they were only saying it because they felt like they had to. I, I, I was better off when I was just still waiting. Psalm 119, verse 114. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. You, God, are my hiding place. Let's just, let's, let's just talk about where the rubber meets the road for a moment. Everybody in this room has a hiding place. Every one of us does. It's human nature. We all have a hiding place. We have a place where we go when we just can't deal. Some people go to sex. Some people go to drugs, alcohol. But there's more than that. Some people hide in depression. You know, when you're depressed, you have, a, you have an excuse to not engage. Come on. You have an excuse not to treat people right. I'm depressed. It's, an, it's, it's a hiding place. I'm not questioning the reality of their depression. But it's a hiding place. It's a hiding place. There's some people who hide in, in blame. They blame everybody else. They made me mad. Oh, they, they didn't make you mad. They gave you opportunity and you took it. <laughs> they didn't make you mad. They didn't make you sad. You're a sovereign being. You decide if you're mad or you're sad. Give me one of these or nothing else, folks. They didn't make you anything. You decided. They tempted you and you gave in. So I ask you, where do you hide? Some people hide in busyness. I read an excerpt in the news this week. Steve Jobs' daughter. I didn't even know he had a daughter. She wrote a book. He's the founder of Apple. She wrote a book, and in that book, she's just kind of trying to digest her life because she said my dad never had any time for me never and she said and when I was 22 years old and I realized I'd grown up pretty much without my dad I see this guy in a magazine cover and I see him on the news and I see the, the, the company that he built and I don't even know who the man is So she says, I write him this long letter, just pouring out my heart to him, and I've got I've to I've let him know how I feel. He reads, reads the letter, and he, he responds by saying, let's, 
let's have lunch. So she says in her book that they got together for lunch and she said when they greeted each other, they met at a restaurant, he, he hugged her, he, first words out of his mouth, you smell funny. Did you shower? Some of you say, how could somebody be so heartless and cold? You don't understand, he's hiding. You know, you're hide because you, you don't want found. I don't mean to be simple. That's why we hide. And anybody who comes near our cave, comes near our hiding place. So Adam and Eve, when they heard the voice of the Lord coming, what did they do? They hid themselves. That's, that's how some people deal with shame in their life is they hide. What are you hiding behind? Listen, this, this author is telling us how we get these things fixed. And you get them fixed by coming out of hiding. The prophet hid himself in a cave. God said, well, what are you doing in there? I'm hiding. Where are you hiding at? You're hiding at shame, depression? You're hiding at your anger? I've known people that just get angry just to keep people away. They don't want anybody close. Are you hiding in a last past hurt? You say you hated how they treated you, but you're still hiding in the pain they gave you. Where are you hiding at? Some Christians hide in religion. They, they know all the right things to say. They know all the right things to do, but, but their heart has never changed. They, so they hide in the platitudes. I understand ministry can be a challenge at times. I understand that. was tasked to do a funeral of somebody and, and it was such that there was a couple of other ministers that were also going to be involved and, and so it's just, just moments before it's time to start and I'll never forget the guy who was kind of leading this whole thing you know he said alright let's go out there and get this done I'm not going to lie to you I, I've been there at times but I, I was grieved about that room is filled with people who are hurting right now. They, they love this person who we're not, we can't go out there with the attitude just get it done. This is an opportunity to share the heart of God with people. Let's not just check it off our box where you want to go for lunch afterwards. There are some religious people, that's what they do. They just Go through the motions. Some hide in being fake. But Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not heal in your name? Did we not do miracles in your name? And he answers, yeah, you did all that. But I never had your heart. I never knew you.
You were an employee and not a son or a daughter. It was never in all the doing. He did it for us. He said on the cross it was finished. He's not after what you can do for him. He's after your heart. And so when difficult times come, when, when, you, when you're at loss for what to do, when your heart is divided and it's ugly and when you, you've all but given up on yourself, where do you go to hide? Do you go back into that thing that just makes it worse? Do you just slide back into the bondage the enemy has given you? You hide from life and you hide from God in that place? Or do you lift your eyes heavenward and say, I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice. And you hide yourself in God when, when, it's, when you're surrounded and you feel like I'm going to lose it in any moment. I want to tell you that's when you run to him. You run to him. Because that's what he's looking for, is truth in the inward parts of a man and a woman. And you look in his face and you say, God, I don't want to go back into my hiding place. I want to come out. I want my hiding place to be you. I want to hide in the shadow of the Almighty. I want to hide under his wings. I, I want to be there. And Jesus looked over Jerusalem and said, Oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, how I would have gathered you like a mother gathered her chicks, but you would not. Listen, being a Christian isn't one who goes through life and we never have any problems. We bounce from one favored mountaintop to the next favored mountaintop. Christianity is knowing where to go hide when it gets bigger than you. Would you stand to your feet? That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.